This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And welcome back to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Mike Gregg. This is our post-match show of Fulham's nil-nil draw against Wolves at Molyneux. Mike was there. He's going to share his first-hand account of uh, what happened yesterday. Before we go on any further, Mike, welcome back to the show. It's been a long time. How are you doing? Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Uh, it's good to be back, Russ. And uh, you've picked me up on a free transfer, obviously, you know, uh... I did. I picked uh, up on a free transfer. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's good to be back. Uh, this is where I started doing all these kind of podcasts with you and Dave years ago. So, yeah, uh, yeah looking, forward, looking forward to maybe doing them a bit more regularly with you. But uh, uh, pleased to talk about yesterday, which, um, you know, was a, was a good hot day for sure. It seemed like it was very hot, Mike, and I'm sure you will explain in more detail about that. But before we go on any further... And you did get your start here on Cottage Talk, but you also did a great show. And I, and I have to say this. I want to give credit to yourself, Jerry Pym, Owen, of course, Scott Tanfield, Claire, anyone that was involved with the FOFCast. Decision was made not to go further with the FOFCast. This show will be missed. Mike, it was honest, real, and I listened to every episode. I might disagree with some of the opinions, but I appreciate it all of the opinions, because that's what this is about. It's about engaging comments. Not everyone's going to agree. And the Fofcast did that very well, Mike. Congratulations on a great show, and it will be missed. Well, it's nice words, Russ. And, uh, I mean, it was Scott and Owen and uh, Jerry who started in, and then I joined in late. But, uh, you know, we always try to do it like four, four, three or four guys in a pub just chatting away. It's a bit rough and ready, um, you know, but we're all, we're all busy and it was very difficult. It was like herding cats to try and get us together. Um, and I'd like to think, you know, we were fair uh, and just told it the way we thought, you know, not trying to please anyone. 
and uh you know just trying to be truthful and yeah we just decided that uh, or you know it's been decided we're not going to do it any longer there's a lot of podcasts out there there's only so much time for Fulham fans to listen to and uh yeah there's uh you know the baton gets passed or you know it might come back for a finale who knows but uh you know we are where we are now and uh yeah I'll miss it but I'll still see the guys around so yeah. good well again I can't say enough good things about the podcast and uh Scott's a friend and uh Owen as well you know, again, great people, and uh, I wish you guys all the best. And if you decide to bring it back, that would be wonderful. It's funny you mentioned there are so many podcasts right now. I, I want to give a shout-out to The Green Pole. Dan Crawford and the guys at com just started a podcast, and it's fantastic. And there are so many podcasts out there. I think, you know, and again, this is just my opinion, Mike. I, I think the more the merrier. Again, with all these different podcasts, I want more talk on full, not less. So I understand that everyone has a hard time doing shows. I, I certainly have lately, but uh, I just want to, you know, I can't say enough good things about the podcast and also just want to mention about the new podcast that just began. I would highly recommend the green poll from hamian.com. Okay, Mike, let's get to it before we do it. I also want to mention to please subscribe on YouTube to the Cottage Talk YouTube channel. I am trying to get this to grow a little bit. It, it is growing. It's taken about a year to get over 500 subscribers but obviously uh if you haven't subscribed please do help other film supporters find us okay all right mike let's start from the beginning let's just get your overall thoughts on what you watched yesterday um well i thought it was a it was a good game to watch the distraction was the heat i'm not going to deny it uh the away section were i got in the ground quite early and the, i sat in shadow and uh, this, one of the first things a steward said to me was, come half two, you, you're just going to be covered in sun. And uh, that's what it was for the whole afternoon. So it was a bit distracting. Um, I, I have to say, give a shout out to the Wolves uh, catering uh, people and the kiosk and everything. I mean, in the second half, they uh, got pints of water out. Everyone oh, was great. having those. So, so that was good. Um, but back to the game. Uh, I thought we, uh, I thought a draw was a fair result. I'm not sure we did enough to win it, even with the penalty. Um, and I, you know, I thought they had the the, be the better chances. Chances at both ends were, you know, there weren't that many, right. um, but I thought they had the better ones. Um, but uh, overall, you come away second game, a point. Yeah, happy with that. And uh, you know, it's a uh, it's as good a start as I, I would have hoped for, to be honest. Okay. Well, back to you, because we, we are focusing a little bit on the heat. I'm not making an excuse. I'm just saying a factor, because I've heard a lot of comments about how Fulham didn't get after Wolves like they did at Liverpool. Mike has to step away for a second. But, I, I, again, I'm just asking everyone their thoughts on the heat situation. Was that a factor in the match? Also, Till Mike gets back, this is something that we're going to be talking about at the end of the show. Here's a question for everyone. So I was going to share this, Mike. You gave me a good chance. This is going to be a question we'll end the show with. Are you concerned about Mitro's temper getting the best of him? I think it's a legitimate topic, and we'll get back to that at the end of the show, Mike. But I just wanted to ask everyone who's watching live, how do you feel about this? I think we should talk a little bit about it. Some people believe he plays on the edge, and that's part of what makes him Mitro. But the question is, 
What happens when he crosses that line, when he goes over the edge and gets a red card? And in fact, I think he should have gotten a red card. We'll talk a little bit about that when we get to that, Mike. But this is a question for the end of the show. Are you concerned about Mitro's temper getting the best of him? Okay, Mike. So back to it. And I was asking you a little bit about the heat on the players. Now, again, I'm not trying to make this an excuse for how they played against Wolves because I want to give Wolves full credit because I thought they played fairly well. But they weren't at it the way they were against Liverpool. Was that tactics? Or was it also dealing with this heat issue that, that you saw at Amalino? Um. I think Wolves are a better team, you know. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Heat played its part, of course. Uh, I mean, they had a break halfway through in both halves, you know, stopped for a minute, 90 seconds, whatever it was. Um, clearly, the players couldn't play with, you know, total intensity throughout the whole game. But, you know, it was still played at a good pace. Yeah, and I then, so. Um, so, yeah, it played its part, but I don't think... Uh, you know, it was a reason we maybe didn't play as well. Well, we didn't play as well as last week. Right. Um, but it was, uh, it was, so, yeah, it was a factor, I'm sure, as the game went on. One of my criticisms maybe was we should have made some subs a little bit quicker. Wolves, yeah. I think it, Wolves may have brought on four before, you, before we brought on one. So, um, you know, maybe we could have freshened up a little bit. Uh, but I can understand why he kept it like that. Okay, and getting back to just talking about the overall result, I think this is a very good point. I don't know if I think that it's two points dropped. I had someone tell me this morning that he believes it's two points dropped. I think it's a fair result. What impressed me, Mike, going on the road tomorrow, if I compare it to two seasons ago, I think this is a marked improvement. They played fairly decently two seasons ago, but this was a different type of team I saw play Wolves at Molyneux. I thought it was a team that was looked like they belonged in the Premier League. Not saying they did in two seasons ago, but it seemed like a more confident and a team that was on the same level. I, I know you're saying you believe that Wolves were the better side yesterday, and I could definitely see your point, but they were not intimidated by the moment of being at Molyneux, and I thought they played them pretty even for the majority of the match. They had the first half. They had their opportunities. We'll talk about that. But I don't think that we were outplayed tremendously if we were outplayed at all. No, we weren't outplayed in that sense. I mean, they, they certainly had the better chances first half. And second half, they had that, that one chance where really they should have scored. Yes. And we had the penalty. We didn't create enough. No. That's for sure. But we're not, you know, we're not looking out of place. And um, whereas, you know, maybe last time we were up, we were almost certainly to begin with, before we brought all the players in, we we're almost embarrassed to be there, you know. Right. And we were miles away from being at the level needed. We're not that far away. Um, what I would say is last week, every player played to their potential and, and they had to. And this week, uh, certainly you would say the three behind Mitro, maybe even Mitro, were not at that level, yeah. you know. And I would agree the, with that, Mike. You know, we got the draw, which is great, but we didn't create enough. And if they're not performing, if those players, shall we say, those players are top championship, bottom Premier League players, you know, in that regard, if they're not on top of their game, then we're going to struggle. And so for me, the two wingers and even Herrera, 
Pereira wasn't quite at yep. it, you know, those three. So, okay. um, so yeah, it's uh, they just have to play, you know. So, do, what do you do? Do you stick with those players, um, or do you look at bringing in better quality? And it's obvious we're still looking at bringing in some higher quality to get that consistency, which is what we need. But right. saying that, I thought Robinson was excellent yesterday. He, he, he's really, I mean, he's a player I've had doubts on, but I have to say, last week and this week, he's been excellent. He's proven me wrong, Mike, because I'm the one that said we need to replace him. Or as you're starting left back, and uh, credit to him because he's really stepping up. And uh, I want him to prove me wrong. He is doing that so far. But let's get back, and I want to talk a little bit more about this because I want to ask you this question because nothing against Niskins and Bobby Decadovery because you said they played at a higher level against Liverpool. They, and it's a tough probably for them with talent wise to keep at that high level like they did against Liverpool. So it's going to ask the question to you, do you think we miss Wilson? We, we haven't seen enough of Solomon, but having those options at winger, did that hurt them against Wolves? Well, yeah, you're going to miss, we're going to miss Wilson for no doubt. And uh, Solomon, remember he was involved in the second goal last week, yeah. with that nice little pass. So it's a real blow to have them both out. And I know, you know, the manager mentioned he had to bring on the two youngsters. I, I'm, you know, I was pleased to see Stansfield come on. Yeah, so was I. And, uh, you know, and they did, and they both did well when they came on. Uh, but, if again, you're looking for that quality and you're going to miss those two players who are probably starters in the team. Right, right. So that's why I thought, you know, and, again, I want to give Bobby Decadova Reed and Niskins Cabano a lot of credit. I think – they are playing a little bit over their head. They can play at that, but can they consistently do that each and every week? That's going to be the question. That's why I think you're seeing all the links to wingers, and I think we need to bring in wingers regardless. Nothing against Bobby Decadova, Reed, and Niskins. They need reinforcements, and I think we will see that hopefully sooner than later, Mike. Okay, before we really break down the match a little bit, let's talk about your thoughts on the unchanged lineup. Now, I was in favor of this. What did you make of this? Yeah, I was fine with that, and I fully expect it. I know there's lots of calls to uh, change the keeper because we brought Leno in. Um, you know, people still uh, worried about the back. But I think after last week's performance, I'm not sure how you could make the changes. And uh, it, the new players will get their chance, but at the moment the guys have the shirts and, uh, you know, Rodak, did fine last week, so I don't see he should have been dropped. And Ream, uh, you know, played out his skin again last week as well. So, no, I wasn't surprised that. And when you actually look at the bench, what other changes could they make with the squad we have at the moment? Right. So, arguably, maybe Kearney, for, you know, but I think, you know, he went with what he had. And, uh, yeah, it was the right decision on my, on my faults anyway. Okay, Mike, I, I want to go back a little bit because you were talking a little bit about Pereira. What 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 are your thoughts about him? You were a little bit disappointed in his performance in this match. Well, it wasn't only him. Like, like I said, it was the two wingers as well. So I thought that well, those three, okay. uh, whereas last week were really good, I thought this week didn't help us, to be honest. Uh, they didn't really achieve enough. Um, Cabano wasn't his normal direct self. Bobby was a bit frustrating. Uh, okay, got the penalty, but um, I, I found him a bit frustrating this week. Um, and 
Pereira, I'm, re I'm really pleased with the signing. Uh, you may have seen on Twitter, I've sort of followed him a little bit since I first saw him play at Motspur Park when he was uh, in the under-21s for Man wow. United. And so I'm quite pleased to see him. Uh, last week, I thought he played well, tried some stuff, didn't quite come off. Yesterday, probably got muscled out a bit more, found it hard to find some space. Um, you know, but it's, uh, he's showing, you know, he's for me, he's showing promise at the moment. So yeah. I'm happy with that. Um, so if it's going to be him and Kenny sort of swap in or, you know, then I'm, I'm okay with that as well because Kenny, I much prefer further forward. Okay. And, uh, but, you know, maybe there's other players who can go there as well. I mean, it was interesting to see Stansfield come on and go wide. Yeah. But I also know they've worked on him sort of behind a striker as well. So, uh, you know, I know we're looking at a couple of other players who could probably play that position. It's all about options, isn't it? And it's about it's about competition. And this is what I've said about Rodak is, you know, he's got the shirt. If you're going to say this keeper's going to come in, Leonard's going to come in, you're out straight away, Rodak. Where's the competition? You know? Right. <laughs> Every right. Leno is, you know, almost certainly the better keeper. Um, and Rodak's still learning. He's still young. But he, he has the position. And apart from one mistake yesterday, I thought he was, you know, excellent. So Yeah, he was uh, man of the match. The key, competition, yeah. isn't it? You know. Right. And we'll talk about man of the match in a bit. But from the official forum website, he won man of the match. So that should tell you the job that he did besides, like you said, the error which we're going to talk about now, my friend. So let's go to our first half analysis. Let's talk about the Wolves' chances, my friend. This is a little bit scary. Like you said, they created some really clear-cut chances here. What what did you make of this? Yeah, I mean, to begin with, I mean, what, they had a, a couple of chances in the first five or six minutes. One of them was ruled offside, but you didn't know that until after the chance. So, again, Rodak did well there. Um, yeah, they, they started the better, and we were under maybe not under the cost, but every time they were attacking, they were attacking with pace. And, um, yeah, we had that sort of mix-up as well between Rodak and Tosin. I thought Tosin apologised afterwards. I, I saw that while I was in the ground, rightly or wrongly. That's what I think he did. Um, but it was the only mistake at, at the back there, really. Um, but, a, you know, a couple of balls across the the box as well um but nothing beyond that much that, apart from those really early chances at the beginning okay very good mike and like you said you know they they weathered the storm they had their opportunities but i i want to focus on this uh the opportunity from bobby decadovery because this is really becoming something that you know that they're working on and i think it's very important set pieces form have been just really gotten so much better at this, especially on corners right now. And uh, they don't seem too elaborate, but they just seem to be working very well, Mike. And he had a very good opportunity here. I think this is encouraging, regardless of who's kicking it off. Obviously, Pereira does, does a very good job in the corners, but they're really opening up opportunities for themselves. And here was one from Bobby Decadover-Reed. Well, it was a highlight of last year, wasn't it? As soon as Silva come in, the amount of work that's been done on set pieces, both defending and attacking. And they seem to have a different move for every game. Exactly. And, and, and it, it always fascinating. Didn't, 
<laughs> always seems to be that somehow we get a player free and if the ball goes in the right place, they get a chance. And, and that's what happened yesterday. Um, you know, he did the right thing. It, it probably wasn't the most powerful of headers, but he headed down and the guy was there uh, to clear it. But it was a very good chance. And, um, and yeah, it's... I'd love to know how much time they spend on set pieces, but it, it's clearly a lot. And um, it'd be interesting to see, you know, obviously against better defences than the championship, um, how how we do now with these sort of uh, set piece tactics that they have and uh, what kind of moves they come up with, just, you know, because you're obviously playing against better and smarter players. So, yeah. Right. Okay. Very good there, Mike. And, uh, Let's now move to the second half. Let's get your analysis of uh, what you watched in the second half. Before we do that, what were your thoughts at halftime? Can I get a drink of water? <laughs> can we can we all go downstairs and get in the shade? That was what everyone else was thinking. Um, but no, uh, seriously, it was, uh, you know, I thought we finished the half very even, okay, uh, started with walls and then I thought we got back into it and at half time I was quite comfortable I did you know I wondered if he would make a sub at all but that's not really his style no. um and so I was you know and also because of where I was sat we would have been attacking our end attacking where we were standing as well so I was looking forward to that seeing uh Bobby on our side and uh see what Tete could do um so, yeah, I was, you know, went into the half, you know, looking forward to it. And, uh, <laughs> look at some of those comments, yeah. Mike. I did. We all did. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, it was, it was good. It was, yeah, I was looking forward to it. And, uh, um, I, yeah, had, I thought we had a chance it could go either way, really, the game. Right. And what's interesting, Mike, is as we talk about the second half, I thought Fulham showed up fairly well in the second half. I thought it was pretty even, and I thought it could go either way. We'll talk about what happened in regards to the penalty miss for Mitro and talk about all that in a second. But I thought, and and again, as the match went on, I felt that Fulham not grew into the match, but held their own, Mike, if that makes any sense. Because like you said, they gave us some, if we're talking about boxing, gave us some body shots, and they had a very good opportunity from Morgan Gibbs-White, who should have scored in the second half. So let's talk about that. But beyond that, we didn't create too much. Like, you know, even the opportunity, Mike, from Niskins, again, the uh, announcer kept saying, well, he deserved to take a little, take a shot there. But there was really no power behind it, and it was really not that, you know, it was a great opportunity. And I'm thinking, why are they not focusing on getting some service to Mitro, Mike? I'm curious your view on that. Was it just the way that things... Was it more to do with Wolves not allowing that? Or was it that on the wings, they were just looking for just any opportunity that they can? We're talking about Pereira in the middle. Then, of course, you have the two wingers. Well, like I said, I thought Pereira link up or, you know, trying to find passes. None of it was working. And and Cabano and Bobby, for me, didn't get to the byline enough and get enough crosses in. And because we would defend, you know, because the fullbacks had to defend so much, you never really saw Robinson no. get forward or Tete get forward either. Uh, so, you know, Wolves are a good side. You know, they're they're now a, they're an established Premier League team. They're strong. You know, they have. Re- I was watching it. I might be wrong, but 
there's like two types of players in that Wolves team. Either small, stocky, little, fast players, or massive, great, big guys. And um, and lots of them are so fast. I mean, I was having a message with Owen earlier, and yeah. I said to him, you know, we think we have pace and fast players, but you know, Leeskins is nippy. I wouldn't say he's super fast. No. And Bobby's not super fast either. And but the difference, you know, it was uh, that shows you what we need. We need to somehow. I'm hoping that whoever we bring in, be it one or two more players, they are fast. That's what we need. We need some real pace. Just I, to totally agree, Mike. Totally agree. Yeah. Because it's funny you said that because I noticed that. And again, I'm I'm watching at the airport. I'm watching at the airport, and I can notice how fast they were breaking. And that comes with pace, and you have to match pace for pace. So I, I totally yeah. agree with you on that. That and that was something that uh, that I noticed as well. So I'm glad that you mentioned yeah. that. Yeah, but I, I would say, Russ, you know, Wolves, they they were so tight to Mitro all the time, and he really never had much space at all to do anything. And but also the supply wasn't to him, so right. you know that. Load in frustration, which I'm sure we're going to talk. You know, we are going. Oh, to talk we're going to about. talk about that, Mike. We're going to talk about that. In fact, let's talk about now the situation which leads up to the penalty. I think it was a penalty, Mike. Do you think that was a penalty? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it wasn't too far away from here. Okay. Yeah. And okay. to be fair, the Wolves fans, yeah, of course you're going to moan, but they pretty much accepted it as well. Okay, so. Now we're going to talk about Mitro's penalty miss. So he comes up here. You know Mitro's going to take it. And, Mike, I've watched a lot of penalties from Mitro. And um, here's the thing that I've noticed. Maybe I'm wrong about this. Maybe someone that's watched all his penalties can prove me wrong or prove me right on this. It seems like Mitro has become a little bit predictable. What I mean by that is that he seems to just switch off going to the right or going to the left or maybe even – Central, I think, and he might be tipping off where he's going, Mike. Someone pointed out to me that he wasn't looking up and the goalkeeper was already moving to the side where he was going. So thoughts on the penalty and is potentially Mitro tipping the direction he's going? Um, well, it's an interesting one. You know, I mean, his record is is average. It's you average. Know, for the average penalty, it's pretty average. Um, it's funny, the guy next to me, Yesterday, he he wasn't at all confident either. Um, I turned around and don't usually watch penalties anyway. Um, having watched on the replay, yeah, it wasn't a good penalty. You know, last week's was right in the bottom corner, but the keeper almost got it as well. Yep. So I think we accept, you know, with Mitro's penalties, it's almost a, toy, a coin toss, isn't it? It and, is like uh, you know, none of us are confident, but he's the main man. And uh, well, that's the whole thing. It's not like you can take it away from him, Mike. Because if he did, what would that do? Um, well, we know someone who did take it away from him once. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, Silver even said, you know, he, he will take the next one. So it, yep. it's just one of those things, isn't it? It was such a pity though, because I think we would have rode it out and, and got the three points. But I totally um, agree, Mike. Totally agree. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things, but, you know, it's uh, it's disappointing. It's such, you know, for a guy who scores goals so freely sometimes, he, he's just a not a very confident penalty taker. 
No, he's not, Mike. No, it's funny because I was talking to someone about this this morning about the difference, say, between him and Danny Murphy. You knew all the time that Danny Murphy was going to score. It's that confidence, the yeah. way that he looked, or or even Berbatov. You knew it. You knew Berbatov was going to score. I don't feel that way when Mitro is about to take a penalty. I just don't feel that way. And I don't know if that's his mannerism. I don't know if – I don't think he lacks confidence, Mike. What is it that – I think because you know, he doesn't have one style. So it's not a question of whether he puts it left, right, or down the middle. You know, yeah. Most penalty takers have one style, which is – you know they're going to run up smoothly and put it left put it right down the middle but he will sometimes try to place it he will sometimes like yesterday try and blast it and uh you're just not you just never know what you're going to get from him so no i i agree it really is you know i hate to use a little forest gump he is like a box of chocolates you never know what you're going to get when it comes to penalties and well and beyond that too mike as we're going to talk about in a second because again as we're getting near the end of the match, well, actually, before we do that, I want to get your thoughts on the subs. And I also want to talk a little bit about Jay Stansfield because I think Jay Stansfield deserves to be in this team, Mike. He deserves his opportunity. Silva said it as well. He works really hard. I was very happy to see Jay Stansfield play at Molyneux against Wolves. Yeah, you know, and, uh, you know, I was having discussions during the week on Twitter with someone actually about the fact that the club out before he got his injury last year, we were looking at trying to see where they could get him in on one of the wide positions. And so he came came in. He was involved in a couple of good things. One got a corner on one of them and, uh, and ran around and, and, you know, did exactly what a 19, 20-year-old should be doing. Um, but he doesn't look out of place. And, you know, he's got a good technique. And I would, he's, if we're not going to loan him out, I'll be very frustrated and disappointed if he's not in the, on the subs bench. If you can't fit a guy like him on, you know, on the size of benches we have now, then that's disappointing for sure. So, yeah, I was really pleased to see him. Um, you know, let's have faith in some of these youngsters. We yeah. don't have to put a load of blockers in and bring in, you know, 30-odd-year-old players who are, you know, just going to stand in the way of their their progression. And then so we, you know, hopefully we don't un- end up with... Um, you know, situations like we've had in the summer where a player leaves, you know, youngster. Right. I know he's, but he's, you know, Stansfield's on a good contract, but you still got to get him games. Well, that's going to lead me to ask you, and I know we're going off a little bit from the match because we're talking about the young players and talking about Stansfield. Thoughts on Luke Harris? Obviously, he's not involved. Is he ready for this yet? Or does he need maybe... No, I don't think Luke is. You know, I don't think Luke is. I think Luke needs to go off and and gets, you know, either play a load of under-21 games, as many as he can again this year. But he You know, the one thing they have done this year is a few of the good players have gone out on loan at that age. You know, I want them to, I've, I, I've said it on this show years ago and, and consistently, you know, if you reach 22 and you've not played between 50 and 100 games, you, you know, you're behind the curve. And that's what these players need to do. They need to go out get dirty, play a man's game and um, and find out if they've got it. And and that's the only way, you know, they can, you know, they can be as as good in the under-21s, which I, I'm not impressed by at that level anyway. Yeah. Um, but the real, you know, you really see what they've got when they, uh, you know, put on a first-team shirt. So, uh, yeah. 
but yeah, I you know we've got we've got four or five really good players at that age group um, who we need. You know, I've seen someone just ask a question about Sonny Hilton. Sonny Hilton. Um, you know, he he's one. You know, he he's getting games. Uh, I think he got an assist last week as well. Uh, so, you know, that's what they need to do. Then then they need to come back to Mottsburg Park and prove that they should, uh, you know, make their next step up. You know, but we never know if we're going to keep hiding them behind 34-year-old players on their way down, you know? No, I, I totally agree, Mike. And, you know, the reason why I mentioned Luke, I don't think Luke's ready for Premier League yet. But I think there has to be a clear path, Mike, for him eventually to get where he needs to be with us rather than losing him like we've seen with, I hate to bring up Fabio and, and Harvey Elliott and some of these other players. Maybe if you show him that there's a path, he'll stay real path to first team. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's all you can do really is, you know, give them their chances and uh, and see if they take them. You know, I'm not saying they should be going in there and starting 10, 15 games a year, but absolutely, why not come on against Wolves for 10 yeah. minutes to go or something, you know? Uh, if they're... If they're good enough, then, uh, yeah, they should be in the squad. Okay. All right. Coming up next, Mike and I are going to talk about Mitro and his temper, and we'll end with man of the match. Okay, Mike, let's get to it. Let's not waste any more time. Let's talk about Mitro. And uh, I saw your tweet about this. You thought he was going to get a red. You turned your back. So I'm going to ask you this question. First of all, do you think he should have gotten a red? I think he should have gotten a red. I think Fulmer fortunate. I think he is fortunate. And I'm asking the question to everyone watching or listening live. Are you concerned about Mitro's temper getting the best of him? And I just want to preface this. I understand because people have been coming back to me ever since yesterday when I mentioned this, that he plays on an edge and that's what makes Mitro Mitro. I agree with all that. I'm not saying take away what makes Mitro great. I'm saying there's got to be a line that you don't cross, Mike. That's where I am with Mitro. I think that his temper sometimes gets the best of him. Yeah, I think I'm right. He hasn't been sent off, though, has he? So, no, he hasn't, right. and people have mentioned that to me. Yeah. Yeah, but it, is a, but it is a concern, and I must admit my initial reaction yesterday was, oh, you know, you're frustrated. You've missed, missed the penalty. You've had a bit of a set-to with this guy, and, you know, it's just frustration, aggression. But there's no, there wasn't no need for it. And having watched it on the replay, I still think he, you know, an, another ref may well have sent him, may have sent both off. Who knows? But I mean, Mike, he headbutted the other, the other player. I mean, they both could have gone off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, I, I look at it as we got away with it. <laughs> so, uh, but it is part of his game, isn't it? That's what yeah. makes him such a such right. a good player. And uh, right, uh, and you don't want to stifle that. Um, and I guess that's the balance, Mike. You know, I'm just saying, you know, and again, nothing against – I love Mitro. I don't want any other striker for Fulham Football Club. Are you listening to me, Scott Parker, how you screwed him up for a year? I don't want to talk about that. But you know what I mean, Mike. And you were banging that drum when Parker wasn't playing him. And I'm all about Mitro. But, again, I have to take the positive and negative. I, I can't sit here and do a show with you and say, you know what? You know, sometimes, you know, his antics don't bother me because they do. They they concern me. 
that at the wrong time, like he's going to get a red and it's going to cost foam. And again, as long as he doesn't cross that line, as everyone has said to me, he hasn't had one fine. It doesn't mean that I'm not concerned that he's really close to that line, Mike. Yeah. But it, but it is part of that. But yeah, I, I you know, I, I did think he was going to get it, but it's, he just needs to calm down sometimes, you know, maybe the foul, maybe he didn't have to do it, but you know, when Mitro's going to do it, I don't know if it comes across on TV, but yep. certainly when you're in the ground and you can see him, he, he gets that red miss and he chases after the defender, you know, usually he's going to swipe his legs away. And and that's what he did yesterday. So, so yeah, you know when it's going to happen. But um, he's such a such an important and such a good player for us. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to let it ride. But uh, okay, okay, okay. But here's the problem, Mike. And I understand where supporters are with this. Is what makes him who he is, and I, I understand that. My concern is that. What happens when he crosses that line, Mike? We don't have anything right now. That's a concern. Uh, well, that's, that's unfair. I mean, okay, okay, yeah. I mean, if he does, if he gets sent off, he just has to accept it, and he have to learn the lesson, and we have to take it. You know, okay, that is that is it. You know, but in the end, yeah, it's like you know these injuries we got at the moment. I said last week when yep. Solomon when it was announced, I said, you know. We, Injuries is just part of the game. You just got to suck it up and get on with it. And yeah, totally. uh, I agree with that. You know, it's not going to change anything. So if he gets sent off and it's a free gamer or whatever he gets banned for, then yeah, Munez has to come in, doesn't he? Or Stan- or Stanford Stansfield plays or next, or next man yeah. up. Next you just got to get on with it, and he has to accept his responsibilities. You know, he's big enough to do it. Um, but it, yeah, you know, it is, it's it's on the edge. One, Mike. He, he, he lives on that edge, and in some way, I, I respect would, I would say he's, you know, he came to us, was it five years ago now, or whenever it was, and his reputation was a hothead. And to be honest, I don't think we've seen it more than a handful of times. This um, is true. And, and he's yet to be sent off. So, you know, it's... Uh, He's grown up so much. He loves it at the club and everything else, and he's a different player. Uh, okay. So it's just part of his game, Russ. And but I completely yeah, understand. I, I fully expected him to go yesterday, but it, yeah. <laughs> well, what's funny in in a way, and I don't want to see it happen. If it does happen, I think he would learn from that. If it did happen, like you said, he would probably take personal responsibility. He loves the club, so he would. He it's not about him being selfish or anything. I just think at times. Living on that edge, he might cross it. And and uh, like you said, if it was a different ref, maybe he gets sent off. It's just something to think about. And uh, maybe I'm just being a nervous Nancy. I don't know. But that's just, you know, that's that's who I am. I I actually have lived on the edge. I've crossed the line too. So I guess I look at Mitro a little bit of myself because I've done that in sporting events and I've learned from that. So I just don't want Mitro to get sent off. That's basically it. I, I don't want him to. Anyways, Mike, to finish up the show, let's go man of the match. Now, like I said, on the Fulham Football Club Twitter account website, it's Marek Rodak. Are you going with Marek Rodak as your man of the match? Um, I'm not, actually. I'm going to go with Robinson. I I actually wow. thought yeah, I thought he had a really good game yesterday in a defensive way, okay? So, 
I thought it was his best defensive performance as a Fulham player since he joined um, against very tricky players. And, you know, in he, his mindset yesterday was defend. You know, I said earlier about him and Tete not getting forward. Um, so whereas I thought last week was probably Tete's best performance for us ever, I thought Robinson yesterday was excellent. So uh, although I keep banging the drum about Rodak and how I, you know, I think he should stay in, yeah, for me, Robinson. Okay. And again, Mike, this goes to me calling him out saying we need a left back really bad. And the last two matches, Mike, he has really stood up and he's really been accountable and been very good defensively. And that's, I think, the part that I've always wanted for him was to live up to the potential that I think he has in him. We saw it two seasons ago. We, we've seen it in the championship. And sometimes I, I think he can be a little bit of a headless chicken at sometimes, but we have not really seen that. And I understand why you went with him for man of the match. He's earned it and he's earned my respect. So Anthony Robinson, if you're watching, yeah. you, you deserve the praise you're getting. I mean, I'm quite happy with him and Brian, you know, uh, you know, I'm a Joe Bryan fan as well. So, I know. Uh, you know, uh, so I'm, I'm quite happy with um, either of them really starting. But yeah, Robinson, I think it was last week against Liverpool. He did one of his headless things where he did this, yep. ran and then did this cross, which, you know, may have hit someone in the other stand. I can't remember. But, um, you know, yesterday, I'm not going to fool him at all. He was excellent. Okay. So, Mike, my, my friend Chris, who's actually a Patriots fan, Somehow, he's a Liverpool fan, watches all of my videos. Thank you, Chris. Man of the match, Mike, for surviving the heat in the away end at Wolves. I'll second that. I'll give that to Mike, okay? Now, we've got a lot of ream here. Welcome for for him. Let's see what Steve Lidgard had to say. Our friend Steve was also co-host. Here's a question. Robinson playing better than we anticipated. Is this to keep a new signing away? And if the window closes, does... He reverts to playing worse. I, I don't, Steve, I don't think he's going to revert to playing worse. I, I I think this is, again, getting the most out of him. That's Mike's thoughts on what Steve just Russ, Russ, that goes back to the point I, I'm saying is that, you know, these players who have yo-yoed or, you know, yeah. we're not quite sure about, they have to play at that level. So right. he's done it for two games. You know, he's got to carry it on. But, um, you know, I, I, He's got competition with Brian. We've seen yep. that before. He will get dropped if he doesn't play well. Um, I wouldn't want us to go out and get another left back unless, you know, unless Brian left. Okay. Um, because, you know, you don't need three of them. Um, so, like I say, I'm quite happy to, to carry on with him. Okay. And what's interesting about Robinson, Mike, and maybe you'll agree with me on this, I thought he was on a, a really good trajectory two seasons ago. He was going the right direction, and then he got that red card against Chelsea. And I think that changed his mentality. I think it went downward from that point on. But He, he was, was never the same after that. He was he never the, the same, same, right? Right. I'm, I'm not making that up. He was never the same after that red card. And maybe this is his second coming from going back to that because it's taken him a long time to have the confidence that he did. Because I'm telling you, back then, I thought he was our starting left back. And then after that, he was never the same player, Mike. No. I mean, he got it back last year, obviously. Um, but uh, I think he, he he maybe felt his pace was everything and that would get him out of problems all the time. Right. And 
And whereas, you know, he's, he's got to learn to defend. That's his main role. And uh, like I say, he did that excellently, excellently yesterday. Okay, I'm just going to share a couple more comments. We've got Reem. Let's see what Steve runs. Reem and Jedi, everyone says we are weak on the left. Okay, let's see. Our My friend Wayne Walden says Robinson, man of the match. Okay, very good. All right, great stuff. Great show, Mike. Thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I contacted Mike at the last minute, and Mike was nice enough to say yes. And, Mike, it's been a long time. I I miss you, my friend. I haven't talked to you in the longest time. I call this an excuse to talk to you for 45 minutes. So <laughs> <laughs> I've enjoyed it. No, I've enjoyed it, Russ. It was, uh, you know, yesterday was a long day, and it was good. And it's, it's nice to be back on Cottage Talk and uh, – yeah, you know, if uh, hopefully I'll do some more shows in the future, and um, we'll always keep in touch. And uh, yeah. you know, when I'm over there, planning on being over there next year. So uh, you know, try and try and catch up then. But that would uh, be great, Mike. I, I would love to see you again. I, I've now met Mike twice. I met you in New York, and you came to Boston. So it would be great to meet you uh, once again. And uh, I, I love seeing you, Mike. Mike, if, if just share a quick story about me and Mike. Mike spent the Thanksgiving with, with his wife with me and my family. That was that was a special. We still talk about yeah, that, that, Mike. We still talk was about great. Thanksgiving. So yeah, that was that was terrific. And uh yeah, to see a proper full-on American Thanksgiving. That was that was something else. Yeah. Still recovering, still trying to lose the weight. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of food, a lot of food, Mike. A lot of food. A lot of food. Okay. Well, listen, we're gonna wrap up this show. But before we do, I just want to mention one more time. Please do subscribe on YouTube to Cottage Talk. It'll help other forum supporters find us. You can also obviously listen to us on any podcast app that's out there. But please do help us really build up this YouTube channel. We would really appreciate that. I also want to mention, now that I'm back from Oklahoma, you're going to be seeing regular shows on, on a, each and every week. I just haven't had a chance because I was – Moving my daughter halfway across the country and just haven't had a chance, but everything should be going back to normal with the regular amount of shows on Cottage Talk. I just want to mention and thank you everyone for your patience during this time. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. For Mike Gregg, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.